On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name is Matt Robinson, here in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Let's see if I remember how to do this, because for the first time in quite a while, I am not the only one in the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Michaela Schreider's here. How's it going? Hello, Matt. Welcome I'm to here. the studio. I'm in person. Oh my God, I'm real. <laughs> I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. This is so cool. I can't, I have, this is my first time in the TCA studio, recording in the TCA studio, and uh, this feels like this is much better than my at-home setup, so I feel very professional right now, and this feels like normal times. Yeah, well, and you can almost like have a real conversation. There isn't yeah. that little lag, right? There isn't that uh, that happens with... Any kind of online recording. So exactly, we're in person. Yes. What uh, a novel concept. Honestly, fully vaxxed, by the way. Exactly. Fully vaxxed. We should in let everybody know that uh, you know we had punted this down the road quite a while because we were both waiting to make sure uh, double vaccinated and uh, you know gatherings of of two people. I, I figured was safe enough. Yeah, <laughs> when I, they're both I think uh, double so. vaxxed. So I think so. Um, Michaela is on Twitter and Instagram at Shrides S C H R E I D S. Sure am. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, and you should follow us. You should subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Um, man, this is cool. I'm 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 glad you're here. Right? I'm glad, glad we I'm finally here get too. to do this too. This uh, feels very prof- it's a very professional setup. Well, I have we, to say. We keep adding little pieces as we go, right? It did start with one microphone in the middle of a dining room table and we continue to add to it over the years until yeah, we ended up with this. You have added a lot. This is man, like I've I've recorded in professional studios that weren't this nice. <laughs> We've had a couple of the 1200 guys in here said so this is this is a little nicer than what we get to do downtown. So. You should see what we used to record. That's what she said. And I used to call it our broom closet with okay. microphones because it wasn't their main studio. It right. was their like extra studio. Sure. So when we could book it, that was the, the that's what she said studio. And honestly, it was, 
I mean, this this puts it to shame. With all due respect to my <laughs> my employers at TSN twelve hundred, <laughs> they know. They know. Uh, There's it's no surprise. That's right. So uh, I'm going to hand the wheel back to you. But we always start in the same place. What are we drinking today? Because uh, this is one of the things that we used to be able to do all the time was kind of pair off, be drinking the same thing with whoever was in studio, and kind of be able to actually talk about and compare. Yeah, and we're doing that today because yes. you provided us with Clutch, which is an American-style pale ale from Red Line Brewhouse in Barrie, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Have never had this beer, have never had this any beer from this brewery, so I'm very excited. I don't think so. I, have, I don't think I have either. Oh, thought it was going to overflow and cause a they problem, but it almost always do. When they're least expecting it, they come bubbling up over the top, but... No problem today. Oh, first sip. That's pretty good. We've talked about this on the show before, Matt, but like pale ales, so many breweries play fast and loose with the term pale ale. Yes. And it can mean so many different things. I'm glad they specified American style pale ale because <laughs> that at least gives you a little bit more of a feel. But I had a pale ale a few weeks ago. I cannot remember what brewery it was, but it tasted like a wheat beer. Mm. And you know what I mean? I hate wheat beers. Okay. So it was it was a big disappointment. But this, this is tasty. Right. Nice and yeah. light. No, I don't mind this either. It's got... Um Almost like a spice would be overstating it, but there's something kind of hanging around there towards the end. Um, it's not bad. I, I don't think I've ever had anything from this brewery. So, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how did you come ab- upon it? The LCBO. LCBO. Or, uh, excuse me, I thought the grocery store just over oh. here. At, uh, yeah, every now and then I, I find you do better there than the uh, than the LCBO for some reason. Just some new stuff gets dropped in at the independent down the road here or yeah. whatever, and sometimes yeah, you just get lucky. Unless like. I'm trying to think of a, an LCBO that's had, you know, maybe the one down on Rito, like yeah. one of the big, big ones. One that's got multiple floors. Yeah, yeah. But by and large, I always find if an independent sells beer, they probably have a better beer selection yeah. than your average LCBO. It's true. Yeah. So this this is a good one. I'm glad. Thank you for providing it to me yeah. in this, in our in-person recording. So I let's get to it. it's time. You've been providing this. Yeah, you've been hooking us up with the beers here for the last little bit. So it was only about, uh, only fair, so... Well, it was it was the least I could do. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I, how have you been enjoying small batch? Like overall, just re- yeah, re- pr- pretty happy. On- just because it's not only like the selection of. I don't think there's been anything um, in either of the boxes that have showed up yet that I've tried before. Like yep. it's all been brand new, and in many cases from breweries I'd never tried or maybe I'd never heard of before. Right. So in terms of kind of being able to reach out to. Uh, the community in general, or, uh, you know, try some new stuff that way. It's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year in general is hard on Matt to find the dark stuff that he's looking for. And that's yes. been reflected a little bit. Um, you know, this time of year, people want the sours and the, the you know, IPAs and, and things like that. And I get that, right? That's kind of industry-wide right now. But uh, other than that, yeah, the the actual, you know, variety has been terrific. Yeah. You've only been doing it a few months, haven't you? Uh, so what did I do? I did three months. It was my Christmas present yeah. from my husband. So, and we've been talking about doing, like getting a subscription just for ourselves, mm-hmm. mainly as we go into the fall. Um, just gives us more options. Like, like you said, it's, it, I have yet to get a beer in, in those packages that I've seen elsewhere. So it's right. a nice way to try some new stuff. <laughs> it's from a lot of breweries. I think they have this like deals with the same breweries. Cause I noticed that in the three packages I got, like each one had an indie ale house beer. Yes. I think Rorschach was another... So there must be like your staples. Yeah, they yeah. must have partnerships with some of these. Grit and Grain, again, yes. was another one. And, and But like, you know, Great uh, Great Lakes had one in there, but it was a beer I hadn't tried. So there's a lot of like breweries not in this area, you know, Kingston, Toronto, mm-hmm. Hamilton, down that way. So it's not, not necessarily one you can get delivered to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we can start 
traveling down that way someday soon. But, you know, while we can't, it was a nice, it was kind of a nice option to sure. try some of those breweries. Now, have you, um, a little more close to home on the beer front, did you end up keeping up with, uh, James Wood on Twitter? He's been running this, uh, local beer kind of sweet 16, yes. uh, craft brewery. Now I should have pulled this up before we started. I didn't, um, but it was down to the final four. Uh, last night, I believe, when I looked at it. and um, But he had done it a really nice job. It was in divisions. It was West End, East End. There was Central North, Central South. Um, and he had said afterwards, like, uh, you know, if I'd have really sat down, I could have expanded this out even more to like the Far West, out to Carlton Place or yep. some of those types of ones. But I think it was down. I know Big Rig was in the final four. Um, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I shouldn't even guess any further. I'm not, just, I, I'm, I just pulled it up okay. here. So last night he had the finals of the Ken Fulton-inspired Ottawa microbrewery Snack It. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was Dominion City versus Beyond the Pale. Okay, So yes. those were the final finals? Yep. Okay. So I what, what are you going with between those two? Beyond the Pale, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go with Dominion okay, City. Okay. I, I love Beyond the Pale. Like, I've never had a bad beer from them. Nope. Same with Dominion City, though. Yep. And the beers I like from Dominion City, I love. Yeah, it's true. I think I've probably just had more Beyond the Pale, and so mm -hmm. it's ringing a little more strongly in my head for some reason. I have done two different orders from Dominion through the pandemic. Before that, I don't think I'd ever had too much of their stuff, unless it was in the bar or whatever. Same. They were one of the first breweries I ordered from early, early pandemic. I don't mm -hmm. know if they just had a really good, like it was a, obviously they didn't deliver because we're in opposite ends of the <laughs> world. Um, but it was like a curbside pickup. So we literally drove up, they put it in our trunk and we left and that was pretty cool. Yes. And I, oh God, I think I got like a two, four from them. <laughs> And just some of the beers they've put out in the past, like they had a pride beer, they had the bucket beer, uh, mm -hmm. beer, which wasn't a bucket beer, but it was, you know, making fun of Doug Ford's yes. attempt at bucket beer. Sure. Um, and the proceeds went to like a, a charity that helps uh, refugees in Ottawa. So it was very anti Doug Ford. Yes. Um, so I've, I've just been a big fan of like the, the social issues that they've attached themselves to right. the charities they've attached themselves to. I don't know. And I'm sure beyond the pale has done the same thing there in Hintonburg. I can only assume there's the same level of, of uh, social awareness. I but would imagine so, yeah. I, I haven't been to Beyond the Pale's patio, like their new location in City Center. The last time I went to Beyond the Pale, it was when they were on, Ham like in that tiny little location on Hamilton Street. Yeah. And uh, I have yet to see their patio. So that might, maybe that would tip my vote. Sure. Well, why don't you go ahead while you're sitting here, make your vote and you can let us know as we sit here now, has it, has it ended or can you still vote? You could still vote. I did cast my vote. Okay. So um, what does it sit right now? I'm going to get you to vamp while I okay, uh, yeah. reload it on this my phone. This is a phone. cool thing because James <laughs> has done this before on Twitter where he kind of, you know, best potato chip, best whatever, right? Fast food restaurant and just kind of throws these things out there now and then. And this was a, uh, a craft beer one that someone had suggested to him. He went through, grouped them together and, and yeah, ran the brackets down to the finals here today. Yeah, I, we, we should go through some of the brackets because it was very interesting. Yep, but sure. so right now, the voting stands at 54% for Dominion City and 46 for Beyond the Pale. That's tight. So it's, it's very close. <laughs> I'm trying to go through and find, oh, there we go. So we got some of the finals. So the semifinals were Bicycle versus Beyond the Pale. Yeah. I'd go with Bicycle for that. See, I, yeah, I voted Beyond the Pale there. Oh, I love Bicycle. Yeah. I truly love Bicycle Brewery. <laughs> they have some great, great beers. I don't know that I've tried very much from that. I think that might be the thing for me, right? Is I just haven't tried enough of them. Highly recommend. Yeah. Highly okay. recommend. Okay. The other semifinal was Big Rig versus Dominion City. Yeah, I'd go Dominion City for sure. I did Dominion sure. there as well, yeah. 
I don't know if I, I'm sure I've told the story on the, on the podcast before, but Big Rig was like my entry into craft beer. Right. And I think it was for a lot of Sens fans too. Cause I, they're I like, ah, Chris say, Phillips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said that to James there last night or, or one of the rounds that I think Big Rig is getting the pull of a lot of, you know, casual beer fans, but who know that's Chris Phillips place. Right. So you're kind of mm-hmm. getting, cause to me, especially after being, um, you know, sort of taken over by this whatever in Montreal, like it's not still owned by Chris Phillips, I don't believe. I don't uh, think so, no. Which so, sucks. Yeah, it does. And I, I, especially once that happens, I'm surprised that Big Rig, honestly, I'm surprised they made it to the final four. Like we're pretty lucky in this city with the number of great yeah. breweries we have here. So. We are so lucky. When yeah. you consider the size of yeah. it, like, and, and just even like there's a craft brewery in Almont, for God's right. sakes, like you, there's two in Carleton place. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, the, you don't see that in a lot of places. No. And yeah, I just like, I, I've always got a soft spot for a big rig. I do like their beer. It's, you know, yep. not the greatest beer I've ever had necessarily, like, you know, if I put it up against say Dominion City or, or Tooth and Nail or something, but I mean, it's, it's still pretty tasty and, sure. and it was, their gold was my first foray into, hey, beer doesn't have to be Keith's way time. Right. <laughs> okay. So it was, I, I always treasure Big Rig as like the OG. That was my, my gateway drug into, uh, into craft brewery. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because, uh, I was following a couple people on Twitter the other night who were having this discussion of like your first craft beer, like the thing that kind of stumbled you into that world. And I don't know at the time whether I knew anything about the craft world, but it was Steam Whistle for me. Okay. Right? And at the time, um, I can't remember. There was someone like across the street. We were going to a Jays game and someone across the street was like handing out, come in afterwards. They give you like two tickets and you can come in and have two free samples or whatever. And then you can do the tour, which we did. And then before they ever took our beer tickets, they gave us like three or four beers each. Nice. Like just happy to have you in here checking the place out and you know here you go here and then after like three or whatever it was they're like we have to start taking your tickets now if you're gonna stay for fair this. yeah totally fair um but after that it was a buddy of mine who started bringing it around our cottage now and then and it was just something like i feel different than everybody else right yeah it's, no, everybody else special. is having the blue or the canadian or the bud or the whatever and i I know something everybody else doesn't. And I actually didn't know anything. This was someone else had hooked me up with it, but it <laughs> felt cool, right? Yeah. To be in this kind of slightly different world. And I still really like Steam Whistle, but I don't drink it anywhere near as often anymore because I'm constantly now trying new. So this is something somebody said to me early on on this craft beer journey. I've been like, once you find a couple you like, just drink them. Like stop experimenting and it's not risking. That no, it's not. Like, but there is some logic to that statement that's like, any new one that you crack is a risk that you're not going to like it. And you've already found like 12, 20, whatever that you know you love and you're passing on them, um, which is fair. But I mean, if you're going away for a weekend or whatever, I'll grab a bunch of the ones I know I love and then one or two experimenting ones and stuff like that. But yeah, Steam Whistle was the first one there for me where I was like, okay, this is slightly different. It's not all just the big four. I'm sure that's pretty common too for people in Toronto. I feel like Steam Whistle is kind of the bows of Toronto where been around for a while it's super big now but there was a time where this was probably the only game in town well and we talked about that on twitter was that proximity to the dome had to be brilliant (sighs) for them on a hot like when they're playing saturday sunday afternoon games people are streaming in streaming out brilliant man to be that close people are ready for a pint after the game before the game i bet you like you said steam whistle would have been the entry uh for a ton of people just 
based on nothing more than the location, maybe. And there's not much else that's popped no. up. There's Amsterdam Brewery there, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Other than that, like, I'm, I'm just kind of going through downtown Toronto in my head. Like, the closest brewery you'd probably get to is, like, the Goose Island Storehouse sure, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And, you know, it's, it's a oddly untapped area for craft beer. There's mm-hmm. probably some, like, laws around what breweries can go there and what can't, knowing yeah. downtown Toronto. But that's, uh, man, that's a gold mine for Seamus. They're not owned by anybody, are they? I don't think so yet. I know Mill Street got taken over there by Labatt or whatever, yeah. but I don't believe the steam whistle. I think it's still, uh, I think it's still just them, which Good is awesome. Good for them. Yep. Good for them. Keep at it. Yep. So we got sports to talk about. Sure. We can do that. A lot of sports happened yep. uh, this week. All the sports. Sure. What should we get into first? Because there's the positives. There's the Jays at the All-Star Game, which is nice and light and fun. And then there's like the Oilers. The opposite of light and fun. And Duncan Keith. Mm. And... Uh, what that you know what let's start there because I have several questions. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell is going on with the Oilers? Why did they not only give up a player mm-hmm. in Caleb Jones and a pick? Yes. And no salary retention we'll on Duncan Keith. What is this 2015? Do they think it's 2015? Um Yeah, I guess. Right? When you look at what else I, I can't imagine what you were thinking other than just he brings all the intangibles. He can no longer skate or do anything on the ice, but like they'd have been better off to hire him for $5.5 million as an assistant coach. Yes, that's exactly it. (laughs) For what they're looking for out of this. And someone made the comparison that Ken Holland would be feeling fine about this because in 1999, we're going back just a little while, he traded for a very old man, Chris Chelios. And Chris Chelios played for like another decade after that. The difference was, first of all, it was a very different league. Chris Chelios was a freak. And in the year that Ken Holland traded for him to bring him to the Detroit Red Wings, he still received Norris votes. Mm -hmm. Duncan Keith hasn't received a Norris vote in five years. This guy is a shell of himself. Um, I understand, and and I have a hard time. I really don't. Um, (laughs) Duncan Keith wanted to get closer to home. I don't know if he's divorced. I don't know what the, he kept saying his son. He never mentioned a wife. Um, Presumably if he was still married, his wife and kid would be in Chicago with him. The fact that he said, I want to be close to my son leads me to believe that's not the case. Right? Mm -hmm. So I sympathize with Duncan Keith. If I can get myself back to the, the Northwest, that's what I'd like to do. That's not Ken Holland's problem. Right, that Ken Holland had all the leverage here because they wanted in Chicago to clear cap space. They wanted to do this for Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith wanted to go. Um, The Blackhawks are looking to sign either Dougie Hamilton or brother of Caleb Jones, Seth Jones, here in the next little while if they can. You had all the all the leverage, and you just took the five point five million dollar cap hit. You gave up a player. You gave up a pick unfathomable that's just it like it's it was known and talked about a lot that he was probably going to Edmonton Mm -hmm. 
if he wanted to be in like that northwestern part of North America, there's really only so many options, right? Yeah. Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, or Seattle. Apparently Vancouver said not interested. I don't think they, and, and I have no reason to believe they would be, plus right. Calgary, same thing. Like yeah. they've got their own problems to figure out this offseason. Right. Seattle, Seattle didn't help them because we don't know what the border is going to be like. Exactly. Yet, so. and, and not to mention that, like I, I feel like if Seattle's going to find ways to get to the floor, they can spend $5 million a lot better. Better, for sure. And so Edmonton had, they were in a position of privilege here mm-hmm. and they still messed it up. <laughs> like Chicago still walked away looking like someone helped them. Yes. And we've, we've seen this for years where teams bail Chicago out. They mm-hmm. help them with trades. They get the benefit of everything. And this just, this continues that trend. And like, I, I mean, I just don't know what the Oilers are doing. And the very next day. Ryan Suter becomes available for nothing <sighs> as Minnesota buys him out. You could have signed that guy for oh my two, God. three, four, whatever. Like he's still going to get paid all his money, and you, <laughs> you gave up assets and five point five million dollars uh, for Duncan Keith. I, and you would get more out of Ryan Suter at this point than you would out of Duncan more. Keith. Yeah. Like, with, well, I get that there's an, like th- again they're paying for Duncan Keith. Like this is 2015. Yeah. This is not 2015 Duncan Keith. This no. man is broken yes. compared to what he was then. And you know, all due respect to the player he of was course. then, like he's won three. We cups. all get old. He's it got stinks. some miles on him. He does right. And 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 so I think it's it. Oh, you know, all that's kind of wearing down on him. And I'm sure there is a benefit. I get the intangible argument, the leadership argument. I do think. Edmonton needs someone to show Connor McDavid how to be a leader yes. at this point. Like, sure. with all due respect to Connor McDavid, he is obviously the best player on the planet by a country mile. But there are certain times where you see him kind of, you know, fly off the handle on the bench. He needs someone to just tell him to calm down, you know, get it, get his head in the right place. Duncan Keith can do that, but you don't need to pay five million dollars for that to no. happen. No, you don't. Like for the love of God, guys, <laughs> this just and and then so let's let's talk about the Suter Parise bios because sure. that I I felt like this came out of nowhere. Maybe I just haven't been as dialed in on the NHL front in the last couple of days, but like this kind of. This shook me. Well, I was apparently like, "Oh!" Apparently, blindsided them too. Like, I guess neither one of them saw it coming. Either. Okay, well, if they didn't see it coming, <laughs> then I, I guess I, I get a pass for right. not seeing this coming. I forgot how long those contracts were. Mm-hmm. Thirteen years. Ninety-eight million dollars over thirteen Woo! years. I got. I'm furious over this. I was at the time. I am again now. For those who don't remember, these deals were signed. These were the bell of the ball. The bells of the balls. What is this? It's uncomfortable. Plurals. Sure. Grammar. Sure. Um, in the 2012 offseason, they were the biggest name free agents out there, and they both chose to go to Minnesota. If you recall, in that 2012 offseason, we were also headed into another lockout because the owners were crying poor. And we have no money. We can't possibly do this. We can't keep signing these long-term deals, which no one's forcing you to sign. (laughs) And we're going to have a lockout over this. And that lockout will end with um, contract lengths being limited to eight years for your own players, seven years for someone else's free agent. And um, the salary split between the players and the owners goes from 57% to 50%. Fine. We can... Whatever. But while the owners are crying poor and knowing that these deals are about to become illegal, Craig Leopold and the Minnesota Wild go out and spend $98 million on each of them. So just about $200 million while crying poor 
for 13-year deals that, of course, were that old-school back diving, all your money up front, it kind of levels off in the middle, and then like a million bucks into your 40s when everybody knows you're going to be retired anyway, all to keep the cap hit down. While they're saying things like, the five-year contract limit is the hill we will die on, they're running around signing these deals at the last minute to make sure they get them done and they get their player before it becomes illegal for everybody else. So I have no sympathy whatsoever for the Minnesota Wild. That was the same owner as this guy now, so it looks good on him. He's going to now pay these guys to do nothing, and it's going to cripple his salary cap here for a little while. It's a a different general manager. I can only imagine how much fun that conversation was when he had to go to his owner and say, I'd really like you to to pay these guys to not play here anymore. (laughs) But again... I have no sympathy for that guy. No. Whatever. Keep the dead weight on your roster and let them drag you down or punt them and just have the dead cap space. You did this at a time where you looked like a raging hypocrite and we all suffered through a six-month, four-month, whatever it was, lockout waiting for you guys to get your shit together while you were busy still actively trying to, you know, do exactly what you said you couldn't afford to do. Screw them. Sorry, yeah, there's my no, little diet. I don't think I, I've ever been so fired up about the Minnesota Wild. I was going to say, <laughs> you have opinions about the Wild, man. Just I've never one. had opinions about the Wild. Other Just than that one. I always forget they exist. Yeah. Um, no, this was, I mean, again, it, it blindsided me. You're right. This contract was ridiculous. It was a sign of how ridiculous that lockout was mm. and how frustrating it was, especially from a, a fan's perspective, because these, you know, r- super rich people arguing with super, super rich people. <laughs> right. And, you know, I can't relate to that. So <laughs> it just, it, if you were to guess where either of these players would end up, what are you thinking? I mean, I, if I, I think, didn't we hear that Lou was trying to trade for Zach Parise at the deadline? Well, this is going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll there be, you go, Lou. <laughs> he'll be an Islander, I would assume. Um, Ryan Suter's interesting. Maybe Philly, like they'll be looking to do some things, but they got not a bad back. I don't think he's coming to Canada. He's always been a Team USA guy. He's an American kid. He yeah. doesn't seem to have much interest there. Um, there was brief talk, you know, would he like to play with Shea Weber again is where the Canada talk came from. I can't imagine Montreal would be too, well, maybe they would. I'm I, sure I, there's a how does this affect the Leafs conversation happening somewhere. They just can't do it, I don't think. Oh, maybe. God, no. They'd have to pay like, <laughs> hi, will you take league minimum even though you were making... Well, he might though, right? Like that's the benefit these guys have now. They're still getting paid their money out of Minnesota. They can go and do what they want. Maybe he'll wind up in Tampa. I can see him going and I have no logical reason for this, but just thinking, you know, I'm Ryan Suter. I know he's like a Northern kind of grizzly guy, but screw it. You're at near the end of your career. Go down South. Go yeah. to Florida or California. Yeah. Live in the sunshine for a bit. This is, this is your. LA is about to like LA, I think is going to get good fast. Right. So that might be interesting if yeah. you wanted to do two or three years there. I could also see Boston, right? Yeah, any of, of those, course. any of those sort of American university hockey towns, you know, they always kind of. It's going to end up in Columbus, isn't it? Oh, hey. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Does anybody ever end up in Columbus? I, I just feel like the choice? most random team is going to pick them up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something incredibly random. Yeah, and Columbus is, is there for me. Hey, how about, uh, why doesn't he go to the Islanders as well? He was a Barry Trotz guy in Nashville. There you go. They may Actually, both land in, uh, on Long Island. Islanders win the cup. Oh, God. 
and and Suter and Parise get their ultimate revenge. Yeah, there you go. There's the plot for uh, the 2022 season. Of the year again. Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, so I've been delaying the inevitable. Okay. And that is talking about the Ottawa Senators. Hmm. They hired someone this week, Matt. Sure did. Sure did. Hired a guy by the name of Pierre Maguire as the senior vice president of player development. Yep. And Sens fans had thoughts. I have some, not all of which I am at liberty to say. Uh, like, full disclosure, I work for TSN 1200. Yep. I have interviewed Pierre a number of times. I have nothing against him personally. Right. That, and, you know, obviously TSN has a has a deal with NBC. I don't think at this point Pierre is with NBC anymore. Like, that was never clear. But I guess yeah. they're just kind of silently going, okay, NHL's done now. Yes. Because um, they lost the rights. But I... I believe most of their talent, like, I think their contracts were tied to this year. Yeah. Because of the NBC contract expiring. And then if they had kept the rights, they would have signed their guys back. But I think all those contracts for a bunch of their guys were tied to the end of the you know the same time as the actual contract deal with the league so yeah so uh, all that is to say like I, and the reason i kind of put that out there is i feel like some of these conversations around pierre mcguire get really personal yes they like do. they become personal attacks on the guy and i don't think that's okay you cannot like him as a broadcaster you can disagree with him as a hockey person but how personal some of these attacks get, like, that's not okay, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've never had an issue with the guy. Listen, I realize he has said some stuff and done some stuff on the air that I've had an issue with. And I have on, like, the air talked about that. The Kendall Coyne incident, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I basically talked about the fact that it was a, a huge mistake and I hope he learns from it. He made some very inappropriate comments about Carey Price when he was drafted. And I'm, you know, I'm... I'm saying in my interactions with him, I've never had an issue, but I also understand that people had issues with those comments. Yep. I don't know if he ever apologized for the Carey Price comments. I haven't been able to find anything. Um, I would hope that after, you know, 15 years or whatever it's been, um, he's learned a thing or two about, uh, about making comments like that. But, you know, if we're looking at the hire itself... What did you think of the move? And I feel like I'm opening up a can of yeah, worms. Yeah, I'd be careful here because I'm surprised you even brought this up, knowing that uh, yeah, you you have to walk back into TSN and look. I don't think it's a good hire. I just don't. Right? I've listened to him talk enough. I've watched him twist himself into knots this week in the interviews and press conferences to try and undo things that he has clearly said in the past about. You know, mainly analytics. How about the talk that, you know, I wasn't willing to take NHL jobs and break my contract with NBC. Well, then why were you... He, it's, it's well known he took several interviews over the years. Um, I just, I don't think it's a progressive hire. And I don't know. I, yeah, I... I could fly off the handle. I could put you in a tough spot. I could ensure that no one from the senator's organization ever comes <laughs> on this podcast. I just, I don't think it's a good hire. And I, I've watched a number of people talk about, you know, more voices at the table. Fair enough, right? If that's what this is supposed to be, it's another opinion. Um, he believed very strongly in in-person scouting, which I do as well, right? Anyone who... I, I feel like some of the opinions Pierre has given on analytics aren't necessarily about analytics. They're slamming a position that no one really believes in. And that's that you can run an organization solely on analytics. And no one is saying that, right? 
you need both. Analytics is a tool. Scouting is a tool. Being there in person, all these, the eye test, they're all supposed to work together. I see this out of this player. Hey, look, those numbers back that up, right? I, this guy, uh, I don't think that's very good. Uh, his numbers are actually way better than I expected. There might be something there that I'm just missing. You know, they work in conjunction and he's constantly taking these shots that, oh, the best analytics teams are out of the league or out of the playoffs. And he was referring to um, Toronto and Edmonton. And yeah, everyone knows Toronto is all in on analytics. And the thing that we just finished talking about with Duncan Con- Duncan Keith would suggest the Oilers are not, right? Like, it's just a narrative that he's trying to carry that doesn't hold any water for me. And so, as a Leaf fan, I'm thrilled. I, <laughs> I woke up very happy to see this happen. I'm with you. I've never, well, I'm actually far behind you. I've never interacted with Pierre Maguire. I have not a bad personal thing to say about the guy. I'm working off of the things that I saw him and have read about him doing in the 90s in the Hartford Whalers organization. That's a long time ago, so you have to take it with a grain of salt, but it is the last time he worked in this prominent of a role in the league, so it is worth something. And then is the things he said on these broadcasts over the years. I just don't think it's a very good hire. That's as diplomatic as I can be. <laughs> there, that's very <laughs> diplomatic. Yeah, listen, I I disagree with his stance on analytics. I I do think that he deserves a chance to change his opinions on that, sure. and I think everyone has an opportunity to. But he hasn't shown that he is willing to change his opinion on analytics because he's he's had the same opinion on them for years, and he said that on the air. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. I would hope as a Sens fan that, okay, maybe they have people who are pro-analytics. I don't know that they do. I know that by and large the coverage I've seen is is not, you know, not very favorable in the Sens and the analytics department. So, you know, maybe they're going to grow that. I don't know. All I'm saying is, like, I disagree with that opinion. Mm -hmm. I hope that he changes it, but I'm sure he, he has never given us any indication that he will. I hope that maybe he represents that side of the conversation in the Sens organization. If this came with a couple hires on the analytics side to invest in the sport logic data that they have just signed up for, they're the last team in the NHL to do so. If this is a plan, if this is in conjunction with, and we want, you know, multiple opinions from multiple sides of the table, fine. But this is a pretty prominent role you've hired him to. That's the thing, like senior vice president of player of uh, yeah player, player development. development yeah. You know, you're probably going to have the final say in these conversations. Yep. So it doesn't look like this is a kind of hire that you hope is one side of the argument. This is kind of like the final argument. Um, I think Pierre deserves a chance to prove everyone right or wrong. Sure. I said the same thing about DJ Smith when he was hired. A lot of Sens fans had an issue with that hire. And I said, like, we don't know how he's going to do here. Right. We can't judge him based on how he did in the previous organization. Let's see how he does here and then criticize whether or not it was the right move. I have the same opinion here. You're right. There there are not great testimonials coming out of Hartford or (laughs) Pittsburgh, for that matter, in his time with these organizations. That was 20, 25, yep. almost 30 years ago. So again, hopefully things have changed. Then, yeah. Like I'm not the same time. person I was no. 30 years ago. I was <laughs> two years old. So, you know, it, it, I, 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 I agree with you. Those things can be taken with a grain of salt. Let's give him a chance to, to see how this goes. But I understand the criticism of, from the perspective of his view on analytics, this mm-hmm. is concerning for Sens fans. And I, and I think that's fine. Let me ask you. No. At this time in 2022, 
are there still two Pierres in the front office of Ooh, the Ottawa Senators? That's, that is a conversation I have heard a lot. Or is it one Pierre to rule them all <laughs> come, come next year at this time? I don't know, man. I really don't know. Like, that, that's the thing with... I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I, I would even wager a guess, but I don't think I can. Like, and I'm not like, even sure that it's Dorian that's going. They may decide this was a terrible yeah. idea, and it could be McGuire who goes. I, I don't think this is a long-term... And no one can deny the fact that this guy is a wealth of hockey knowledge. Sure. Like, he's got more you in know that... want where somebody s- played their junior hockey? <laughs> it's up there, man. <laughs> It's up there. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of people's criticism of him over the years was like, you know, compartmentalize and package that in, into a way that is easy for people to comprehend mm-hmm. and, you know, hasn't always gone well, but no one can deny his hockey knowledge. Nope. Now, I also don't love the argument of, you know, if you don't work in this business, you don't understand. Like, I think that's the problem with hockey is that you see the same people mm-hmm. hired mm-hmm. over and over and over. It's the same 50 guys recycled into these different 50 roles hockey men. 50 <laughs> hockey men and and so while i you know my thoughts on the pierre Maguire hiring are one thing but my more my bigger issue is just the fact that we keep seeing the same people get jobs and and now to be fair we haven't seen pierre Maguire get no. a job with a hockey team in a long time so that is somewhat different right but i i'm just sick of seeing the same dudes hired over and over again in this business this is like you the, the chicago blackhawk situation right mm-hmm. the the sexual assault allegations on uh, their former video coach brad aldrich now you've got all these guys who were with Chicago in 2010 who are, you know, Mark Bergevin, the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, Kevin right. off the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, Joe Quimbo, coach of the Florida Panthers. Like, when you hire the same hockey dudes over and over and over again, you end up in the situation where they were all in one place at one time and something problematic happened. Yep. And maybe that should be a less like there should be several <laughs> lessons that the NHL takes from this whole Chicago Blackhawks situation. Hopefully, they won't, but hopefully. Yeah. And I hope that one of them is... Stop hiring the same people. <laughs> like, broaden your horizons a little bit. Like, God bless the New Jersey Devils who just hired Megan Duggan in their player development program. Like, that's the kind of stuff we need to see more of. We need different perspectives. Yeah. We don't need this. We don't need people who are necessarily pro or anti-analytics. I think we need both. Sure. We like. I again. I'm with you. I don't think it's one or the other. It's it like. Be. It's like. Do you prefer defense or forwards? You need both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You can't or build a hockey team for you. Yeah. with one or the other. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I really wish teams would start to understand that they are tools in the toolbox and they can be used at appropriate times and whatever. But like, I just, I just want to see different people get hired. I, I want to see people who aren't from the same pool of the same 50 dudes with the same category of knowledge in the, in the sport of hockey. I do... Um, the one thing that I will say about Pierre, as you've alluded to with his wealth of knowledge and all the years he's been around the game, th- he has the Rolodex to go with that. Oh, yeah. Or whatever the 2021 equivalent to a Rolodex is. Contact? Uh, is the iPhone contacts app that, uh, that goes with it, right? So he can get a hold of a lot of people really fast. Junior hockey coaches. And I, I make fun of that in one way, right? He knows where everybody played their university. But I want to see what kind of kid was this guy, right? Coming out of the draft or um, when you had him down at Duluth University or whatever the hell was going on. He knows all these people. Uh, yep. and, and also, you know, your NHL GMs and all this sort of stuff. He's had a long career in the league. So he has the contact list that goes with that. Um, it's worth something. 
I still, yep. like I said, I don't love the hire, but that's worth something as well in terms of being able to, you know, just reach out maybe for making deals, maybe for checking on players. It's worth something. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, the Sens, uh, the Sens did a thing. Yeah, that is that is and for a sure. high profile thing. That's the thing. We've been talking for years about when is Pierre Maguire going to get a job with an NHL team, and sure enough, the Sens it's were it's, the one to do it. It's right here. So you know. If you had that on your scorecard, congratulations to you. <laughs> I had a friend of mine text me. I hadn't even heard the news yet. And it just said, oh man, TCA content gold mine. Yeah. And, <laughs> for better or worse, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, let's get into more positive. Unless there's any, any other hockey situations you want to touch on? I don't think so. Things are moving fast right now, right? It seems like every it's time be you a turn busy around. Couple of days. Yeah, guys are getting bought out. Guys are getting traded. Guys are re-signing um so yeah no as we sit here right now i don't think there's anything else big on uh, on my mind so yeah. now saturday is the deadline for when teams have to submit their uh protection lists for mm-hmm. the expansion draft and then july 21st the expansion draft july 23rd the entry draft and then i believe it's the 27th is free agency 27th or 28th yeah it's right around there so we got a busy week yep we got a busy week Lots ahead of coming us on. A lot of hockey content. So let's get into baseball because the only all-star game aside from the WNBA, which is Wednesday night, by the way, by the time people listen to us, it will yep. already have happened. Um, but one of the only all-star games that people care about is the MLB all-star game. And that took place this week. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. took home the MVP. That a boy, Vlad. Oh, my goodness. What did you think <laughs> about uh, his performance? Um, awesome to see, right? He was all over this thing. The cameras kept showing him. He's taking selfies with guys down in the uh, in the dugout. He's interacting with everybody. Um, and, you know, it, it, it was pointed out by a couple different reporters from, from other organizations even that typically when you're done, right, when you get pulled in the third or fourth inning or whatever, a lot of these guys just bolt, right? It's a party week. You're done. Or either you're going to meet up with your family on vacation or you're headed to the bar to meet up with the guys after the game. The other Blue Jays stayed and and cheered him on as he kind of got the MVP and they're FaceTiming with Lourdes Gurriel down in the dugout, the three of them. There's a couple of pictures. Uh, Bichette and um, and Teo mainly. I, I didn't see Simeon as much, but, um, you know, I, I thought that was cool too, right, in terms of this young Blue Jays core coming up together and all those guys kind of going through this together and sticking around. Uh, I thought it was great for Vlad and great for, for the Blue Jays who – been irrelevant for a little while, right? Yeah. And he's putting them back on the map and having a showing like that on one of MLB's biggest stages. Incredible. Yeah, that's just it. Like it's it's the Blue Jays were always the forgotten child, right? And then you Especially know, you've, in this AL East, right? Like, yeah, like you know, when you're going up against the the Red Sox and the Yankees, like how do you compete with that? And in the MLB's biggest you know annual event, he is the star of the show and he is the main storyline and I thought that was great for, for the Jays and you know whether it's the George Springer or or Marcus Simeon deals the Jays are in on big free agents and big trades and and we just didn't see that before and now they're a destination and people like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. help make it a destination right. and I was on a bit of a sidebar I was listening to this podcast series called Crushed which which was about the MLB's um, steroid era Oh, Very interesting, interesting, by the yeah, way. Okay. Highly recommends, like okay. a seven-part series or something. Super uh, worth listening to. It was recorded, I think, around this time last year, or or very recently, like in pandemic times. Okay. And when they talked about modern day MLB, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was one of the people they referenced. And hmm. this was an American podcast. It was 
mostly focused around obviously the St. Louis Cardinals because Mark McGuire played yes. there and you know steroids. Some and stuff. things happened there. Some things happened there. Um, but like, how often would you see a reporter from St. Louis doing a very American-focused podcast reference the Toronto Blue Jays? Right. Like this, this maybe the Roy Holiday era. Sure. If and even that, then, only to talk about only Roy. only holiday. Now the Jays are actually in it, like, pieces, right? Like right? they're above five hundred. They're yeah. again, they're in the ALE, so it sucks. But they're you know they're in third right now. I think, I think that that this is just it's such a fun time to be a Jays fan, yeah. right? Because we feel like we're on that upswing, and you know there was the dismantling of of the team that brought us success in 2015, 2016, and it feels like we're on the upswing of that now. And these prospects that we've been talking about for a long time are starting to come into their own and be the stars that we wanted them to be. Well, and so far, like, very likable team, right? Mm -hmm. Like, say what you want about the 2015, 2016 Blue Jays that we loved. It's kind of like being a Boston Bruins fan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not everybody loved that team, right? Josh Donaldson was a little prickly. Uh, Jose Bautista with the bat flip thing, not everybody was into that, right? It wasn't always a team that, that... other fan bases were willing to get behind or even acknowledge what this team so far um, with a, an exciting, I, I think it's partly just being young and offensively based, right? Like it's not a, I don't know, Kansas City Royals or whatever, where it's just shut down, you know, lights out pitching and it's kind of boring and it's whatever. They're, they're young, they're exciting, they're big names, they're all kids of other former major leaguers and they have great personalities so far, right? So I, I think it's easy to get behind that. And I saw more than a couple tweets, um, again, from out-of-market fans and, and reporters and stuff saying, man, this Blue Jays group at the All-Star game might be the most likable or easy-to-like team outside of, like, your own fan base. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. And they seem like they like each other. Yes. Like, they love each other. Watching Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and that bromance they got going on, <laughs> I'm all for it. This is awesome. This is a fun time to be a Jays fan, and we for don't sure. get to say that very often. <laughs> um, and I, I'm happy, like, personally, you know, once the NHL ends, I typically go all in on MLB, because yeah. I can't do both. Like, I only, there's only so many hours in the sure. day. I, on the fringes, will follow how the Jays are doing, but when hockey's going on, I have a hard time getting hard into both. Yeah. So now that hockey's over, at least after next week when all the stuff happens. Yeah, this is a weird year. Yeah, it's it, that's the thing. It's it's all pushed back. But yeah. then I'm going to I'm going to be able to dedicate my time almost fully to the Jays and obviously the Olympics, which Yeah. Well, going to get busy. Sure. And then they're starting, you know, they've added a couple nice little pieces to the bullpen without giving up too much. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and Dickerson being brought over will be a nice left-handed bat when his foot heals up. So they're kind of adding, we'll see if they do anything big. Um, I think they're about, as we sit here, I think they're four and a half out of the wild card. So eh, it's, it's a reach, but it's not, you know, I I don't even know what word I'm looking for. It's not uh, Uh, impossible. impossible, Right. And, you know, we heard all the way through the Jays had the hardest first half schedule. So, you know, we'll see. And if you added another piece here or there, uh, the rotation has been far better than anybody expected and, they had a couple, you know, 10, 11, 12 games kind of pissed away by the bullpen that even if you won just five or six of them, you're now right there in that That's wild the card thing. spot. Closing right? so, games was a problem for a bit. Yeah. So we'll see um, what they do here in the next couple of weeks before the deadline, but I expect they will, you know, take a run at this. 
Absolutely. Uh, switching gears, I mentioned the WNBA All-Star Game, which takes place on Wednesday night. So by the time you listen to this, it will have already happened, but it is Team WNBA versus Team USA, kind of the send-off to the Olympics for the American players. So very much looking forward to that. But some WNBA news today in that Candace Parker will be the first female cover athlete awesome. of NBA 2K. I, have, I was stunned. I honestly, I was stunned. Me too. This came out of nowhere. I might actually buy a video game, yeah, there you Matt. Go. Just to hang it up, like, or just to have the. the I just case. want, to, yeah, <laughs> I just want the case. I don't yeah. care. I'll give the game to Josh. Is a huge NBA 2K fan. Sure. Like he'll yeah. he'll he bought the the Kobe edition. He's been playing on that a lot, which yeah. you can play WNBA on. Sure. Um, so I'm hoping they've enhanced. I'm assuming with putting Candace Parker on the cover, they've enhanced their WNBA options. Yeah. No, it'd be pretty bad look to put yeah. her on the cover and not but have a prominent. I, uh, and I, I can't remember if you could play WNBA career mode, but now I'm sure you can, like where you go through college and you go through the motions and you're one player. Like I'm into, I, I would play that sure. for, as a, for the WNBA. So this this is a huge moment in, in history. I'm glad, you know, the selection of Candace Parker too is, is I, I think a really great one because she, she for, for a lot of fans in LA in particular, you know, she was the face of, of the LA Sparks for a long time, recently made the move to Chicago, uh, joined the Chicago Sky last offseason. It was considered probably one of the biggest free agent moves in uh, in the offseason. And, and, you know, it was, it was Candace Parker coming home. Right. So uh, I, I, I think... You know, if you're going to make her the face, I'm a big fan of that because she's such a great spokesperson. She She's done commentary. She's gone toe-to-toe with Shaq, <laughs> as we've seen <laughs> on TNT. So I think... Uh, I think this is amazing, and 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 I hope we see more of it. Right, like because uh, for now, or at least like this is really the only place you could do it. Like there is no women's equivalent to the NFL, like for the Madden games, right? There is for now, for some reason, no female equivalent to MLB. The NHL, you, you, there's fantastically well-known women's hockey players throughout the hockey world, but the last time I played one of those games, none of those teams are in there. No. Um, you could play some junior teams, you can play some U- European teams, but the the women's national teams or the NWHL, whatever you wanted to do, they weren't in there. So for right now, um, you know, the WNBA is by far the most prominent, you know, professional women's sports league in North America. This was where it was going to have to happen. And so, you know, kudos to them for actually yeah. doing it and getting that done and putting that attention on it. And this shows the value of having that joint relationship between the WNBA and the NBA, right? And that's why the NHL needs to replicate this model of you use your platform to raise the platform of these female athletes in this league. And that's like, this is going to grow the NBA, which is the WNBA, which is in turn going to help the, the NBA, right? Like both both parties win here and and that this is why we want so badly to see a, a, a similar partnership between the NHL and some sort of of women's hockey league I don't know what that's going to look like and I know that Gary Bettman won't touch it with a 10-foot pole until there's one singular league and all that stuff <laughs> but look at look at the benefit that we're seeing here. This is exactly why we want it to happen because then we can put a, a, a female hockey player on the cover of NHL, you know, 2023 20, or whatever. Sure. You know, like Marie Philippe Poulin on that cover. That would make the most sense in the world to me. She just needs a jersey that's in a league that they can market. Yeah. 
make that league. (laughs) (laughs) This is literally the simplest thing the NHL can do. I know they're, you know, they don't want to get involved and seem like they're squashing a team or a league, but for the love of God, this is an example of why that works. Yeah. No, you're so right. And this, like I said, when I saw the tweet on, uh, on Wednesday morning, I was just, holy shit, right? Like I can't, it, it just came out of nowhere and the reaction underneath her statement under uh, the game's Twitter account that was retweeting it around, it was all positive, right? Like and that's it, weird. It, <laughs> it is very weird, right? So we may be getting to a place where we're ready for this. And lots of people have been ready for this for a long time. It was what was supposed to happen. But there's always the troglodytes dragging their knuckles yeah. behind and, and whatever. And at least from where I was looking today, they were pretty quiet. Yeah. And so. you know what? They're not going to buy the game anyway. No, that's right. So screw them. Yep. <laughs> you got it. No, this this was awesome. I was super pumped. Um, yeah, that's that's a positive note to yeah. to end the show on. I think so. Uh, what what were your final thoughts on uh, Clutch? I kind of like it. I yeah. kind of like it. Um, I've been trying to make it last uh, through the show, and sometimes I'll just bring in multiple beers, but... I'm hanging out in solidarity here, knowing that you have a one of the one of the drawbacks of doing them in person is somebody's got to travel or drive afterwards, right? So that's very true. Can't get loaded like I do at home. Right. <laughs> so um, tried to pace this out a little bit, but I liked it. It was uh, yeah, kind of nice. As you said off the top, the pale ale world, you never quite know what you're going to get when you yeah. crack into one because they're all. It's just a pretty broad term, but this was That's nice. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I do get a little bit of that. I think you, you mentioned it when we were talking at the beginning of like spice. Yeah. And that kind of leans in towards the wheat kind of Belgian yep. style, That's but right. it's not super potent. It's no, it's not, not overpowering strong, at all. And it's got enough of the hoppiness and the bitterness that it kind of, you know, cuts that out. 4.8% though. You can't go wrong with like a flavorful beer right. that I know you like the higher percentages. I, I like well. the efficient, like <laughs> uh, if I can get under 5% and like very flavorful, I'm right. all about that. Well, and uh, I should say, like, it's been awesome to have you in here today. Um, I think it's about a year ago that you were on the first time. I think think it was in July. Because I believe your second appearance, I think you stepped in for Rob on the Sunday, the August long weekend. Um, Yes. So that was your second appearance. So the first one must have been right around now. And then, you know, a couple times here and there throughout the fall. And then it was all of a sudden, let's just just make this a thing, right? Make this official. Right. Free agent signing. And so I got to tell you for a long time sitting here and doing these, it's, you know, it's every Sunday evening with Rob. It's every Wednesday evening with you. And, you know, you enjoy it. You sit there and you have the conversation, but it's just not quite the same. I think that's probably coming through for the listener right now is that the conversation flows a little better. You can volley back and forth instead of these big, long monologues um, where you're sort of just handing it off to each other. Uh, I think it's a better show and, uh, Rob and I have talked a little bit about, uh, you know, he's shortly, uh, or very soon going to be double vaxxed as well, which will open that, uh, that back up and hopefully we can start to, to have some life around this studio again. Cause it just, yes. it, it, on this end, it just starts to feel a little repetitive, right? Interview, edit, post, interview, yeah. edit, post, interview. And half the fun is this part, right? Yeah. Having people in, kick it around, have a real conversation, And I think that speaks to a larger thing that we're all looking forward to right now is even if you did stick with throughout the pandemic, your FaceTime happy hours and your whatever, you're just sort of like, all right, enough. It's nice to actually sit and have a conversation with somebody. So I'm glad you're finally in here. I'm glad you got to do your first uh, in-studio show and and I'm glad that it's kind of kick-started 
hopefully the return to normal around here. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me over. And <laughs> yeah, like this is, I, I know you've talked about having the, the show be kind of like having, you know, a conversation with your buddies over some this pints. feels and more like it, doesn't it? Th- exactly. Yeah. You can't, it's not, again, it's like the Zoom drinks. It's not the same as sitting in a bar with your friends or a patio or whatever. Yeah. And uh, this was a lot of fun. This was, uh, again, like, you know, I got to leave the house today. <laughs> I'm just so grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I haven't had a lot of company here in the studio, so uh, yeah, it's great to it was great to have you here. This is awesome. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen more regularly. While, while we can, the cases are low. We're both yep. double vaxxed. Like this is it. We're doing yeah, it safely. Ottawa here has been at like zero new oh, cases man. or deaths or whatever. It's been for like numbers have been really solid. So if there was it's ever a time to try, healing. yeah, been smooth. And then vaccination rates are going up. So hopefully, you know, everyone's talking about oh the fall. I'm like, well, let's see let's what see. hospitalizations do. Yeah, let's. Right? Enjoy this while we have it. Exactly. And, not worry about and that if everyone so gets vaccinated, it shouldn't really be a problem. So go get vaccinated, <laughs> yes. please. And uh, we'll we'll make this more of a regular thing. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Talcan Audio, Facebook.com slash Talcan Audio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shrides, S C H R E I D S. And we will see you next time on Talcan Audio. Peace. It is over. Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TalkanAudio.com or by searching TalkanAudio on your favorite podcast app.